What message do you have for young ladies today who aspire to push the envelope? What do you say to them? Do it. Just go at it. Make yourself happy. Elaine Ansbro had always wanted to fly, and after graduating from high school in Hobart, Indiana, Elaine enlisted in the Air Force. It would, of course, be generations before women would have a seat in the cockpit, but Elaine has always been captivated by flight and by challenge. She's not been afraid to push the envelope in her life's journey. During her military career, which came during the earlier years of the Cold War, Elaine was trained in reading radar blips and writing backwards on a plexiglass wall so that her NORAD Center command staff could keep track of who was flying and where. And you know what? She could still write backwards. December 7th, 1941, you're growing up here in Indiana. Yes. You look at your mom and she's in tears. Right. And we all know why. She knew the world was going to change and we would be at war. And what are you thinking at that moment? And do you think that that moment kind of ignited a certain patriotic fervor in your life? It could have. It could have. Because at that point, I didn't have anybody in my family in the service, you know. But yeah, I think it, I think it did. And, in, and my, my, my people, like I say, my, my mom and dad were, were pretty patriotic, too. You know, we always hang had a flag and this and the other hanging in the in the, in the outside, but um, yeah, that's that's what it was. As a young girl, did you understand what we were about to get into as a nation? Not truly, not truly. And, but but because I saw my mom crying, they had to explain it to me a little bit. You know, I never had seen mom cry <laughs> before. Right. That was first grade. Yeah, I was six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you have always been kind of an adventurous person. You want to push the envelope a little bit, and you wanted to fly. It started, yeah, that started when I was a teenager, I think, getting thinking about that. Why Why did I you, what I were you know. thinking? I went, I went flying in a cousin's plane, a small plane. He had it, went flying with my dad several times, and it just was a thrill, you know. And the more I talked about it or thought about it, the more I thought, geez, you know, Maybe I could do something with it. So this girl and I went to high school together, and she decided she'd talk, you know talk to me about I'm going to join the service. I'm going to join the Air Force. I said that sounds good. That sounds good. I didn't want to go to I did want to go to college, but that was out of the thing. But the only thing that uh, my dad offered me was secretarial school, <laughs> and I thought no, I I, I want to do something. I want to spread my wings, so to speak. And so uh, uh, we went down and, and joined, you know. You went to the recruiter's office? Went to the recruiter's office, yeah. And what did they say when these, did you uh, go together with your friend? Yes. Okay, and yeah. so you walk in, and what does he say to two women who want to sign oh, up in the Air Force? he was very happy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he was very happy. And then uh, the only thing that we, uh, we tried to tell him that we wanted to be something with you, she wanted to look at planes, too. And I said, well, you know, we can't fly, and we have to learn to fly. But don't they have um, stewardesses on, or, or um, there's another name for it. Flight attendants. Flight attendants. Right. They call them something different in the service, I think. Mm-hmm. And we said, to, I said something to the, to the recruiter, and he said, oh, no. He said, don't, don't look for that. He said, you don't, you don't get that until you're in about 
two two uh, times in, you know, re-up. It's only the re-ups. Uh, okay. Well, you also had something that would work against you as a potential flight attendant because you were five too, foot eight. I was too tall. Too tall. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Only well, shorties were being hired. Or I what? don't know. I could I could have taken TWA. Okay, because they accepted taller folks at the yeah. time. Yeah, but I wanted to stay a little closer to home, and you know, at that point. And when you went to basic, you'd never been out of Indiana before. I right? had not. No. Well, let me take that back. We've been to Illinois. Well, that doesn't count. And been to Wisconsin. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you've been in the Midwest. You're a Midwest yes. girl, uh, right? Right. But you go to Texas, and you're on this new adventure. You're in the Air Force, and you get to Lackland Air Force Base, and that's yeah. your basic. Right. What's your first exposure to the Air Force when you arrive there? What happens to you? Well, I I was in the barracks, sitting on the bed, thinking, oh, boy, I'm tired. I want to lay down and sleep. And my girlfriend came in because she ended up actually going in ahead of me. I don't know why. We, we were both talking to go at the same time, but we didn't. And uh, I think I had a boyfriend and didn't want to go till October. I joined in October. By the time I got there, she was ready to leave. So she comes in and tells me all these stories, you know. Oh, you're going to love it, you know. But you're, but she said, you've got a lot in for you, you know, and they're kind of got to do this and got to do that, you know. And I said, well, it's your fault that we didn't get together, you know. But yeah. So that was the beginning of it. I just sitting there talking to her, and then, you know, there was a lot of people around, and I got to get to know a lot of people even that first day. Yeah. Well, there's a little bit of hazing that goes on too, right? For the for the girls, there's a little uh, a little trick that you've got to do. You've got to pick up rocks. And yeah. Stuff well, that was so silly because they even told us ahead of time, bring some clothes that are not good clothes. Because I think you had to wait almost two weeks to get your first uniform. And that was just the outside uniform, the pants and the shirt and all that. Yeah, we, we, we were, told to, were told to do that in the daytime, the very next day. Yeah. What was it you were told? We were told to go out and pick rocks up in the back of the, or in the front of the uh, barracks where we were in. And so we're out there, and this is kind of silly, you know, but rick up the rocks and pick up the cigarette butts and stuff that were got thrown around. And then we did that like for two days in a row because they didn't have anything else for us to do at that time. <laughs> what are you thinking? Yeah, what did I do? How did I join this? <laughs> yeah, there was, they, there was like two or three days. There. But one of those days, we looked out at, at, our, at our backyard. We were just about ready to go to bed, and, and the girls and I, and the three of us in the room there, looked out at the bed. We heard, no, we heard noise, and we opened Looked out the window, and there's a bunch of guys in the backyard putting rocks down. Oh, okay. Yeah, putting rocks down, planting them. Yeah. And then I told the girls the next, next day, and, and one of them said, Oh, yeah, they were doing it in the front, too. We, yeah, people that could see out the front. So, yeah, that was kind of silly. So, this is just picking just, up rocks. Picking up rocks and putting them down. Yeah. Right. For something to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not very intellectually stimulating, however. To keep us, yeah. Well, we were all moaning and groaning about it when we first did it, you know. And then, of course, the, the sergeant, she she was just really mean to us. Oh, so how so? What did she do? Oh, she, she liked to yell at us, you know, and keep us, 
you know, and you're, you know, and then the worst things I've ever seen here, you know, turn, line up, you know, and all that stuff. Did you did you know you were going to get into that when you got into the no. service? Because that's what drill instructors do. No, I did not. I did not know that. This is not going to be a cakewalk. <laughs> <laughs> You have another experience sometime down the road, and I think it's also at Lackland where you went out with two other fellow recruits, and you're off base, and you're supposed to be back at a certain time. Oh, we were always on base. You never got off base oh, okay. at Lackland. Right. No, you never got off base. But they had a place they called the Dating Lounge, yeah. And you could go down there, which wasn't that far. We'd walk to it and meet people that, that they let some of the guys come to. I don't know where they were stationed, but they were near close enough, yeah. And we were having a good time. I know they had, you know, it's recreation and all that stuff there, and just sitting and talking. But we got home late. We were really AWOL. And we snuck in, and somebody gave us away. And the next day, we had to clean the steps with a um, toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. And one of the girls, like, actually, one of the girls was just sitting there crying, you know, just crying. What were you, what were you thinking? Yeah, they said, well, they're going to clean the steps. Well, that's no big thing. Okay, we can clean the steps with your toothbrush. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of strange, too. But, yeah, yeah. And then, and then of course, uh, from there, you know, uh, when, we, when we graduated, uh, uh, went to uh, Keesler Air Force Base. Of course, you could get off That's Mississippi, there, right? In Mississippi, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Yeah, that was a check training that we did. When do you find out what your MOS is going to be? At the end of, uh, very end of the Lackland, yeah. And why did you wind up going into air traffic control and warning? What You took oh. a test at one point in time. No, they, 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 they passed that out to us probably a week before we were out. And we knew we were going to get home for Christmas that. So we were the last flight out before Christmas. And um, I think there were six of us in my in my. Uh, particular uh, barracks there that uh, had the same thing and it said air control and warning and we oh boy you know we're going to be with the host of the airport we're going to pair airplanes we're going to be in uh, the, t- the uh, tower and that's what we thought and i think we all went home. so you thought you're going to be an air traffic controller then yeah okay thought i'd be in the tower yeah mm-hmm. and what's well, so funny is that those girls all had the same thing, so I met them again in Keesler. Well, we all went home for Christmas and told all our family that we were going to be <laughs> be the other thing, you know. Right. So, yeah, that was kind of wild. But we got to Keesler, and uh, it was a whole different thing, you know. What was the whole different thing? Re- learning radar. Okay. And learning how to walk, to write backwards. <laughs> yes, we'll talk about that. But <laughs> let, let, let me ask you... Um, First of all, you, you took a test at one point in time, and you aced it, right? It was a mechanical test of some sort? Well, yeah. It was a, a, you, I you're asked, good at math, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Fair. Fair. Fair at math. Well, yeah. apparently on this test, it was more than fair. You did really well. Yeah, well, I it just um, couldn't figure out why I got put in that, in that uh, bracket, and uh, that's what somebody told me. And I'm thinking, I don't know why, because <laughs> I really t- didn't think that. Somebody said something about, well, you're, you're good at, like, did you, did you work on cars or something? And I said, no, I never worked on cars. 
So no, you they, just had a hidden aptitude for this I stuff, just, I guess. I don't know how it figured and out. And so whoever I, administers the test or has the results yeah. gives it to you and tells you you did yeah. really, really well in this, yeah. Elaine. Yeah. <laughs> you must have been pretty surprised. I was very surprised, yeah, very surprised. And, of course, we had uh, oh, just a few girls each time. They, they actually did the um, thing at Keesler where, where they broke the, broke the uh, people up to go in three different sections. And we got up. We were in the first one. So we got up like 4 o'clock in the morning to go over and get, get our uh, breakfast and then uh, be out. And we marched from our barracks area to the place. It was about a three-mile walk. And, uh, Did at, you do this every at morning? That point, every morning, yeah, every morning, every morning. And then they in the first in the morning, they will play a. Uh, they had a they had a real band going one of the times coming home. I guess it was. Yeah, we worked we worked uh, six to twelve. That was our that was our time. Yeah. So at twelve o'clock coming back, there were real. There's a real band marching. I love to march, but I love to march when I was in in. Uh, Oh, when you were in school? When I was in school, yeah, yeah. I was in Girl Scouts. We marched in a couple parades in Girl Scouts. But anyway, <clears throat> that was fun. Yeah. When you're at Keesler, you're learning how to read radar blips and that sort of thing. We did. We, ra- we, we ra- learned to read radar blips first because that might say the guys were in that. And all the guys, or not, I won't say all, but often they had to learn to, to read it because they, most of the guys in that sort of section were at um, real high up places for radar. We learned to write backwards. They also did that too, because I guess they didn't know there might be some people there doing it too. But they, we write, we learned to write backwards, and that's where everybody was making fun of me because I learned to write backwards. Why did you have to learn to write backwards? Because where we went in the at, the, at Syracuse was a big twelve foot by twelve foot screen, and out in front were all the generals and whatever. And some 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 lieutenants and sergeant, the officers, we had to learn to write backwards so they could see the screen. So they're and on the other side. They're on the other side of it, yeah. And you you and got these uh, information from the guys who had to go to the radar places. So we never, I never did radar again after after that. What so what you're writing then on the plexiglass is. Altitude of planes, uh, uh, flight, flight speed, flight that speed, sort of thing. Yeah, how? Yeah, yeah, and and uh, any number of the of the uh, plane. Okay, and and when you're doing this, you're at a center in Syracuse that is a NORAD facility. That's so right. this this is going on during the Cold War. Yeah. When we're all kind of thinking, you know, what are the Russians got moving toward us? And That's right. And right. They come in over Canada. Right. You know, well, anything flying though that we would we would plot. Anything flying, they would call us and give us the plot from the from the small section where the guys were, and then we would do that. Yeah, I think the vast majority of human beings don't know how to write backwards. No, it's very easy though. It is. Yeah, it's and very easy. And you can easy. still do it. I bet. I can still do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, how did you take to that? And how do they teach that sort of thing? Well, we taught. I guess we taught it to. Uh, they're a tech a tech school. I don't know. You just practice. And you do just it. They had an aptitude for yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that But you hard. can still do it. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Were there moments 
when there was a little nervousness in the air when you're writing down? I mean, I said we're, you know, the NORAD situation and the Cold yeah. War is underway. Yeah. Were there some tense moments when you're at this There facility? was a couple of them, a couple of them um, that were, we, we thought were going to be bad, but they turned out they were okay. And then they would give a, um, oh, what do they call it now? Checks, you know, to once in a while to just play with everybody and make sure they're ready, you know. Drills, yes, I'm trying okay, to. Okay, so what were the drills like? Well, it just you just did it because you, you thought something was coming over, you know. They would set it up that way. But this one time, we were just scared, and I th- and I think what were you scared they about? They were afraid that they couldn't they couldn't recognize them. They couldn't locate them. Well, you had unidentified aircraft? unidentified aircraft, right? And it went on over six hours before anybody even found out. In fact, maybe it was more than six. Because so you're standing at the plexiglass getting ready to write things backwards. Yeah. And can you feel the, the tenseness the in the room? Oh, yeah. And I could see what's happening out front because everybody's just, you know, scurrying around. And, and we thought, boy, you know, this is not a test, I don't think. Yeah, we were there a long time, way past our time we could have And you know out. at that moment you got to keep your cool because oh, yeah, you're doing we something do. pretty important. Yeah, but there was several there was several that really got upset. I mean, I was too because all I could think about was my folks back here close to the, the steel mills. Right. And anything that would might want to bomb the steel mills. No way to call them. No way to no way to let them know, you know. But there was a couple girls that were real close up there that that were crying, yeah. We were we were really scared, but I could tell the way they were scurrying around outside that that was it. Never got identified for a long time. What was it? What did you do? You remember what the final identification was? I really don't. No, I really don't. But it obviously didn't present a threat. No, after when, that, when you found yeah, out what it yeah. was. But it was coming in over Canada. I, it was more than one, actually. That's so, that's I think what started it up too. It was more than just one plane. Somebody must have got a real spanking. Oh in yeah. That one. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one of the benefits of your military training was you learned a lot about switchboard operations, which translated itself. Oh, did I tell you that? Yeah. Yeah, it translated itself into. Your profession. Yeah. Yeah. When I took a break, I would walk down to my girlfriend's uh, uh, spot there where she was switchboard at that and in the blockhouse. And she'd say, I'm tired. You want to learn how to work, work this board? Or well, I was sitting talking to her and I'd say, that looks pretty fun, you know, simple. She said, well, I'll teach you how to work it and I can take a break too. <laughs> so yeah, I would go down there on my break and, and, uh, and our breaks were probably half hour and then I, I worked the switchboard. That's how I learned how to use that. And then later on in my life, I was into that, too. So, yeah. You were at that for a long time. I was, yeah. Imagine yeah. those breaks when you're in a <laughs> 12 by 12 cubicle. Yeah. And you don't have any windows, right? No so windows. Not, not seeing any sun. No windows. Uh, do you have air conditioning or can you, is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, so yeah. it's yeah. not terribly stuffy. But, but it's not a real pleasant place to be. No. No. And how long did you do that? Two years, I guess. Two and a half years, yeah. Did it get boring after a while, or was every day kind of exciting? I don't know. I I, I never really felt bored, actually, ever. No. And it just and every day you went, there was something something different that comes up. And, right. Yeah. And you didn't ever blow words writing backwards. You never made a mistake. 
oh, well, if you had a mistake, you could always take it off. You know, it was on. Oh, just rub it so just nobody sees it, it real Yeah, quick. rub it real fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has to be big, though. It has to be pretty large where they can see it out there, you know. You're a, a woman up on the walkway doing printing on plexiglass. you got all these generals, and they're all men, right? Mm-hmm, right. And you're dealing in a man's world, I'm yeah. presuming. So what, what kind of uh, atmosphere, environment was that? Was there any uh, gender bias, shall we say? No, not really. Not the workers at all. The only gender bias I ran into was uh, one time when a bunch of guys came in from another place. I don't know why were they. Oh, I know what they were. They said they had been uh, overseas and, and came back, and they actually came into our, our mess hall. When we went to go out, there were several of them that got up, you know, going at the same time. And a girl would go, and a guy would take, would open the door for them. And the door would, so I got up there, and there's a guy right ahead of me, and I'm waiting. And he says, hey, join this man's army. He said, open your own time door. <laughs> That's a, probably the worst thing I had ever done. So what did you heard. think? Chivalry had... I looked at him and I said, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going to push Elaine but the around. the two guys ahead of him had done it for two other girls, you know. And I figured, so you're waiting for the gentlemanly yeah, thing? I waited for him to open the door. <laughs> <laughs> well, that serves that's you right, crazy. huh? You yeah, want to, you're part of oh, a man's boy. army or a man's air force. But I never ran across any bias. <clears throat> So you felt accepted, and I, I, your work was appreciated. I'm presuming. I'm sure right? it was. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah. Okay. I guess the the large question here is: you're a product of your time. I I think you pushed the envelope a bit. You're an adventurous lady. Mm-hmm. You wanted to do things. You wanted to be free and yeah, try things that different. challenged. Yeah. If you were starting all over now, wipe the slate clean. We're in a new time when women are. Uh, playing different, far different roles, fighter pilots even. Yeah, that's wonderful. What would Elaine be doing if you were doing this all over that. today? What would you want to do? I think that. Fly, fighter fly. pilot? Learn to fly, yeah. And your abilities? You have no doubt about your ability to hack it. Oh, no, I'm I'm sure. Like I said, the only plane I was really in, though, was with my cousin. You know, that, But I sat right there where I could see how he was working things. And he's, oh, no, it's not hard, you know, so. Yeah. No, I would like that. You did take a ride in a C-47 at one point in time. I did. What was that occasion? We had an a officer, captain, who uh, liked to, liked to uh, or, you know, to keep himself busy or keep himself up to date. He would take the planes and uh, uh, check it out. And, and when, this one time he said a thing. He said, yeah, he said, you know, anybody wants to, you want to go for a ride tomorrow and with the with the captain in a in a C-47, and about 12 of us were in it. That was that was extra fun. And then we went, after we got to the base up in, uh, in Maine, and we got there and got out of the plane and got into a helicopter, which at that point I'd never ridden in a helicopter either. And it was a big one because it had a whole bunch of people in it. And that was kind of a thrill too, you know, just to do that. When you're with the captain in the C-47, are you told to wear a parachute oh yes i forgot that yeah we did well that we, doesn't inspire confidence they taught us oh uh, yeah they showed us all how to use a parachute and it didn't have any seats even except just around the side along the side yes i have a picture i can show you okay of that but anyway um yeah there was there was not a fun with it though you know we had to meet kind of meet a bunch of persons people at the other place and 
do that. But that helicopter, it just about killed my ears. I th- I know now why they why they, why they wear the ear the ear things over them. Yeah. So can we safely say that Elaine probably wouldn't be a helicopter pilot in this day and age? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> well, don't close down your options, dear. <laughs> oh. You went on the uh, 100th flight on Honor Flight Chicago. Yes. And you were one of two women who were on that flight. Yeah. Um, tell me about your experience. What do you think was most meaningful for you? I have to say what was most meaningful, well, there's two things, actually. To see how everybody was, there were, you had so many people to help us. We had, we had the guides, we had the, the people that worked, you know, and, and got, on the, got on the plane and helped, helped me walk down from where I got on the plane all the way to the seat. Just so many people that were there. It was the patriotic it was a patriotic feeling all the way. And then we get there, and we're on buses. You know, we take buses, to, and people are singing, and just everything was good. But then you get to downtown, and you see all those monuments, and they are, they, they just touch you. They just touch you. That's all. It was, it was a marvelous day. It really was. You went to the women's um, memorial, too, did you not? Didn't you? We you... went to the nurses' <clears throat> memorial, but I don't know where okay. the women's memorial was. You did go to the Enola Gay, and you saw the Enola oh, Gay. Oh, I right? did, yeah. That was a thrill. Yeah, so that so was you're a thrill. walking in Udvar-Hazy, and being an aviation yeah. person, you're yeah. looking at all these planes. All those and planes, yeah. The discovery is just yeah. immense. And... But that one, it wasn't <clears throat> that big a plane. But you got up and you can look right down into the into the cockpit, mm-hmm. and that was kind of a neat thing too. And knowing, you know, what 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 they did, what it did, yeah. Did you feel? I, I know you had a sense that you maybe felt you were not deserving of this. You didn't deserve the honor. I did, I did. Um, but did the trip and the homecoming change that for you? Um, do, do you re, do you recognize now yes, that you are deserving? I think so. I think I think it did change things, yeah. But it you know it changed things to be just with everybody else too, you know, and to uh, to just just be there. When you see the advances that women have rightfully made in the military today, what do you think? Do you applaud them? I'm sure you do. Oh, of course. Oh, I applaud them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And they're just doing everything now. Absolutely. And you've over the years, I'm, I'm, I imagine you've watched the progress, and it's been slow, controversial. Yeah. A lot of events have happened yeah. that haven't been uh, particularly tasteful. Yeah. Uh, but you watch that, and what are you thinking when you're seeing these advances? Do you think, I wish that had happened when I was around and had the opportunity? Uh, maybe a little bit, but you know, I I lived a good, I lived in a good time too. You know, so you know, I just. And I still am. Wonderful life, right? Yeah, yeah. For many years, you've been a singer with a number of different. You, the Purdue group, you were a singer with them. Well, no, we weren't with <coughs> Purdue group, but we okay. both we were we were affiliated with Purdue. But you're a singer, and you've I'm been a, a high, high soprano, no. and you've been a singer for a long time in various groups, and you now still yeah. go around to nursing homes and yeah. sing for people. And yeah. what joy does that bring to your life? Oh, it's good. It's so good. It really is. It just gets makes you 
tingle sometimes, you know, to go out. Because after we sing our, our, our small concerts at the places, the nursing homes and things, we go out among them, you know, and, and talk to them. And, and they just, yeah. You what feel are, like you're doing something really good for yeah, them. Yeah, you're giving back, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great feeling. Yeah. Great now, I started singing when I was maybe 10 years old in my grandpa's church. Several times I sang in that church when I was younger. Child prodigy? Yeah, and then I sang in all the churches that I've been in since. Could that have been a professional path for you? Actually, you know, before if I had not joined a service, that's when I wanted to go to college and be a, a music teacher. Voice. A voice, yeah. yeah. Okay, so now I'm, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to put, put the... Uh, Singers on again, okay? And you can sing along with it. Are you game to do that? Oh, yeah, if I've got the music. <laughs> Off we go into the wild blue young, climbing high into the sun. Here they come, spying them from under. Up with one, give them a gun. Down we die, the sun and plane from under. Off with one. Have a roar, live in fame, who get down and flame, ain't nothing stop the U.S. Air Corps. Well, you are wonderfully late. That wasn't the you best, are. I'll tell you. Yo. I'm fighting COPD. Okay. And uh, I take you know a lot of medicine stuff for it, but my voice gets really rocky. You sound fine to me, dear. <laughs> you sound great. Hey, I like I said I can still hit the high note, but I I wasn't sure I was even going to do that when I first met to chorus. Let me ask you one more. What what message do you have for young ladies today who aspire to push the envelope? What do you say to them? Do it. Just go at it. Make yourself happy. Thanks for sharing the wisdom. Thank you for having me. Okay. <laughs> Last Veterans Day, Elaine was among nine vets who were honored for their service at a ceremony sponsored by Wind Trust Financial. After the presentation in the spectacular 88,000-square-foot Grand Banking Hall in the Loop, Elaine asked if she could sing God Bless America. And the microphone went to her. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above. From the mountains to the prairie. enjoyed this episode of our podcast honor thank inspire thanks to all of you for listening and from all of us at honor flight chicago 
All the best in the new year.